everyone. Welcome back to Witches in Space. I'm Robo, and I'm here with Lampearl and Lady Siani today, who's going to introduce us to her face. So I'm going to let her take it from here. Hello, everyone. I am Lady Siani. I am the High Priestess of the Grove of the Golden Phoenix. Uh, I've been uh, practicing now for uh, eight years underneath my High Priestess, and I have been on this journey for a very long time, going on... Uh, 15, 20 years that I've known. So I am happy to be here. I am super excited that these two have actually this, I would say this is a privilege and an absolute honor to be a part of this podcast. So oh, stop. I do. Okay. So the first question I want to ask is what originally drew you to Wicca? Oh, goodness. Um, actually, I can remember the moment that I knew uh, this was the path I wanted to be in. Uh, because I had this moment, there was a house that I we lived in in Augusta, Georgia, that had acres and acres and acres of just trees, which are no or that which are not there anymore. And there was this area that was a um, that had some trees, uh, but it looked like they were kind of fallen, almost like a temple uh, in a way. But I had ivy wrapped around, and there was this tree stump that easily could have been used as like a table or an altar, you know, depending on how you look at that. And it was some of the most peaceful moments that I've had there. That was like my little escape area to go to. And I just listened to the, the environment around me. The birds sounded different. Uh, you can actually kind of hear a heartbeat. And that's when I knew that I was just so connected with nature at that moment that it made sense to me as to how I observed the world around me since then. And I haven't looked back. I love that. At this place, did you end up practicing there or like starting your journey at this, this grove? Let's see. I was 13 at the time when, when I experienced this. So I couldn't practice per se, Mm -hmm. um, but it was always been something that's uh, been in my heart, but I couldn't put a name to it. And then when uh, I moved to Atlanta, and no, I'm sorry, let me back up. When I went to Louisiana and lived with my dad for a bit, all things magical, I swear, happened in Louisiana. It's the weirdest place. And I went to school there. I met a girl that she and I, we had a connection. It was really, really interesting. But we had this connection and we got to really talking. And she told me about her faith. And I'm like, now I have a name to what it is that I believe in. And ever since then, you could not convince me otherwise that I needed to be somewhere else because I knew at that moment that that was my faith in my past. And it wasn't until 2013, 13, again, that's a magic Mm -hmm. number. I was born on the 13th. That's my number. Uh, In 2013, is when I sat the um, actually buckled down and went to go look for a teacher because I felt like I could only learn so much from books. I needed an actual instructor, and that's when I met my high priestess. And it's been a beautiful journey since then. Well, that's good. How did this affect maybe your relationships? Um, <laughs> we know oh, your family's very man. Christian, so I, I feel yes. like this is interesting. <laughs> Uh, I'm laughing because there was a bit of shock, but at the same time, it shouldn't have been shocking because our my family is so obsessed 
with witches. They are obsessed with the movie Hocus Pocus. They can literally start with one line and all of them will start reciting it together. So I don't understand how it came as a surprise, honestly. And oh, I yeah. also believe, I also believe that one of the elders in the family one of our actually great met her. One of our great theaters um, Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's in the family. It is in the family for sure. And I would not be surprised on my dad's side of the family. That's a thing, too, because we have Cajun roots. Right. I'm sorry, Creole roots. And so I know that part of spirit, that part of the spirituality is there, too. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it came as a surprise that it was me, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but uh, it took it took a bit. Um for it to be accepted and and I'm fine with that there's still a couple of family members that refuse to talk to me um since I came out which you know each to their own you know everybody has their own way of dealing with things but I haven't changed I take that back I may have changed some but I think more for the better because I'm more aware as to some of the things that I do and I try to make sure that I treat everybody the way they should be treated and even if, if I was to be treated wrong, it just depends on my response to that. So yeah, karma is a big thing. <laughs> Give out, that's what you get back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Wiccan like you guys. I don't know a lot of, of it. So from the outside looking in, Wiccan is just kind of like your relation to nature, to nature, um, the connection. Exactly. It's it's more about your connection, not just with nature. But there's always a, and I'm going metaphorically here, so if I get lost in the symbolism, I apologize. But there is a thread that connects everybody and everything. There's always something that connects us. And it's being able to tap into those subtle energies that actually, you know, in in a lot of ways that we can all relate to and actually have uh, that connection. To me, that is what Wicca is, is being able to tap into the energies that connect everything and everybody. And we do, as far as Wicca goes, we do acknowledge the changes uh, around this and in terms of uh, the seasons. We acknowledge what we call the turning of the wheel, the beginning of a season, the peak of the season. We also recognize that along with that is the circle of life. When somebody is born, when they become a child to a teenager, to an adult, to an elder, and then when they pass, that is what we acknowledge as a religion. Now, I can't speak for all Wiccans, but that is the general aspect of, of what we believe in. So there's many functions, I guess, or what I'm trying to say, there's a lot of different rules or roles and duties because you say you're high priestess are you is everyone in Wiccan their own kind of thing or is everyone a high priestess like how did how do you become a, a high priestess I guess what I'm saying because I I understand there's like a bazillion questions in one and I could answer all of it <laughs> So, <laughs> so in Wicca, Wicca is very much like any major religion. There are several different, what I call denominations, Christianity, a lot of denominations, same thing with um, Islam, lots of denominations with that too, and Hinduism to some degree. 
Wicca has different, what we call traditions, because everybody kind of has their own set way of doing things. It all started with uh, the Gardnerians and then the Alexandrian uh, and Alexandrians and so forth. Uh, I'm part of a tradition called the Phoenix tradition. So each tradition kind of has their own rules in terms of the, the way that things are taught. It also has a lot to do with initiations. There are, of course, solitaries. Solitaries kind of, you know, go with the flow of things and what feels right for them. And so they may have their own ways of, of doing things. Um, not everybody's a high priestess. Not a lot of people get that calling. It is a tough calling. And, and I'm a, what I call a new baby priestess because um, I got initiated as a third degree back in uh, July of uh, last year. And so um, the, the duties are not new to me. There's just a different responsibility aspect to that. Not everybody can be a high priestess. Of course, again, I am not giving any flack on, on solidaries because a lot of solitary witches, I have found a lot of them are awesome, awesome people. and. Some of them know better stuff than people that are a part of an organized group. I mean, it just all depends on how that person decides to live and live their truth. Does it kind of depend on your guys' covens? Yes, I can actually, from here in Atlanta, I can actually verify that there are one, two, three, four, five. Um, I have personally met six, six different groups or individuals of different groups. And I personally know three people uh, that are heads of their own groups and everybody has their own thing and everybody does things differently than mine, which to me is respectable, again, because if they are part of a um, tradition like I have been, it's been passed down from generation to generation. And mine goes back Oh, goodness gracious. I want to say back past the 1950s, 1940s, I think, and, and further past that. Um, it was a family tradition that kind of has morphed. And I, it's a very, very long lineage of priestesses that I have had the absolute honor of actually saying that I am part of their downline. And so, yeah, every group is different. Not every group splits off and creates their own other little mini groups. Um, then you have others where it's, um, you know, there's one big group and there's actually a huge one over in East Atlanta that, that meet up every year. And again, awesome set of people that I was able to meet out of that group. So yeah, every, everyone is different. And what's the name of your coven? Uh, so my coven is called Grove of the Golden Phoenix. I wanted to play homage to the tradition that I have been studying under. One of my questions for you is if you have kids, would you bring them up into Wicca or would you allow them to make their own decision? I am all about choice. I would like for them to see what it is that I do. I don't want them to feel that they have to do it because everybody has their own thing. Um, and I think that once they decide to, to see what it is that they want to do, then, you know, let them walk their own path because everybody's spiritual journey is different. Right. And I think that even as, as a kid, I'm not going to force 
my six or seven year old to do what mom does. Cause to me, that's, um, it, it's not right to me and on a moral standpoint, but, um, but I, again, faith, you know, having your kid practice the faith isn't necessarily that you're teaching them morals in life. And so I kind of want to separate the two mm-hmm. and let them make their own decision. I definitely agree with that. I like that a lot. I don't believe in forcing your children because it, it might take away from the value of it for them to be forced right. to do it. I, I exactly 100%. So can anybody just join a coven or like, or join your coven or do there has to be like initiation process? So in, let's see, in my tradition, well, what we do is we kind of go through a screening process because a lot of the classes that we teach are in our own homes. So you just don't want any random person coming into your house. Um, and because you're not just exposing yourself, but you're exposing your family to whoever comes to your house. So it's something that we, we go through a very thorough screening process. And I think most covens are that way too. And then in terms of initiation, um, that's something that we do. That is something that we do a year in a day from when they start their classes and go from there. I can't, again, that's just with my particular tradition. I don't know how others are, but typically the year in a day is a universal amount of time to actually do an initiation. I've actually never heard of it being that long, but then again, like the, I don't have much experience with heavens because I have been practicing solo for so long besides Mm -hmm. the one I told you before this meeting that kind of just lets everyone join and it's like a free for all. So that's mm-hmm. why I don't really think it's traditional and what it needs to be. So I guess yeah, there's not... levels of it, right? Some people are just more into it than others, and that's okay, right? Exactly, because if people, there's just some people that are just spiritual in nature, and they don't like boundaries and rules, which is, you know, to be respected. Not a lot of people are, you know, live that way, and, you know, it's, that's understandable. But others that want that structure um, and don't mind there being hierarchy, then, you know, that's something that they can do with that, too. And uh, and that's kind of where I, what I did was that there was a, a little bit of hierarchy and with that. And and I respected the process because it's been this way for a long time and I'm not going to change that process um, unless there's something about it that needs to be changed. You know, if it's outdated or, um, of course, with society standards, uh, those do shift. And that's one beautiful thing about WIC is when there's new information that comes in in terms of scientific information or as far as, you know, society, society evolves uh, in its own right. It adjusts with it. It doesn't have these rigid rules of what it what it is and what it's not, because, again, everything changes. Everything is fluid. And Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things about this religion that I love so much is that there is structure, but there's also move for adjustments. Oh, I have another question for you that might be oddly specific, but how do you feel about the baby witches that are saying that they are talking to their deity and the gods and goddesses, like they're having casual conversations with these, like, oh, I'm going to ask him if he wants me to get a cup of coffee, like Hades is my God. Like, how do you feel about people doing that? There's a lot of new users because there's like this big wave of people following Wicca and paganism you know paganism Mm -hmm. now 
how do you feel about those people coming in and they're not really being taught right I feel like and I don't know how to tell them you probably should not be whatever you're speaking to you probably should not be speaking to it (laughs) um so with what I call baby pagans because everybody you know has that little starting point yeah um you know it's everybody has their own journey in terms of you know what is the actual and what is not and there are just some people that are convinced that it is this way. I kind of tell them you can be on that side and I respect you for it. <laughs> just try not to push what you believe onto me. Right. And so if they're wanting to learn a different perspective of it, fantastic. I am all for that. You ask me questions, I will answer every question that I can. But if it's something where it's, something that I cannot speak about, like what we do as far as initiations go or what all that we teach in my classes. Some things I can say, other things I cannot. And so I can give you the best information I can give you, but it's, it's, it's work. Uh, right. it's, a, it's a lot of work to learn what this religion is. I'm not saying that Christianity is an easy one to learn itself because there's a lot of stories and there's also a lot of rules also in Christianity that people have to learn about too. I just want people to know and learn about this religion before they make assumptions about it Mm -hmm. or very biased judgment about something that they're not aware of. So, I think the most biased is that Wiccans are just magical and they do magic and <laughs> right the cliche Hollywood yeah yes vision. like the, the like what's that that witch move uh show uh bewitched mm-hmm. um or uh what's another one um there was another one Harry Potter that's a completely different animal uh <laughs> I will say though I like practical magic I have a love for that movie like no other I would say most witches do. And I think another movie is The Craft um, was also another one too. And I know that's inspired a lot of people wanting to get into witchcraft, which is, you know, they think that's all it's, it's all this like things that actually, you know, happen before you. And to some cases, you know, coincidences make it look that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, at the same time, you know, it's kind of like uh, this is a religion where basically you have to own up to what you do and you create uh, paths for you to right. get from point A to B. It's not one of those, well, I just gave it up to the gods to do and I'm going to do the exact opposite of what I need to do to get to where I want to be. So it's, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, I find myself having to explain to people a lot of the time, like, we believe in not karma per se, but, you know, whatever you put onto the world comes back to you threefold, like, we're not in the business of doing evil. And I was like, I tell people all the time, you know, it's not my business what anyone else practices, but anyone that's putting out negative energy in the world, they should probably do a little bit more research if they claim to be Wiccan or pagan, because that Mm -hmm. is not really something that we follow. Yeah, the, the threefold rule is a very interesting um, aspect uh, to the conversation, too, because a lot of people are like, what do you mean threefold? Like, you know, three, like if I do something that it comes back to me like three times and 
you know, a lot of people have a different perception of what the threefold rule is. Right. And I was just like, it's like, yeah, three times, you know, like, uh, like when things happen in threes, like, you know, like three bad things, you know, back to back or three good things back to back. It's, it's not necessarily that. I have learned that the threefold rule is what you do affects you on three different levels. It's how you feel physically. It's how you feel emotionally. And it's how you feel mentally. And there's, I was like, well, how can you separate the mentally and the emotionally? Very easy to do because it depends on how your thoughts go. Mm-hmm. Your emotions is how you feel. Like, do you smile when you do something? Are you, you know, uh, are you crying? Or, you know, did your heart rate go up? That's what we mean by emotionally, like how you, you know, feel at that moment. Of course, physically, I know as I mentioned heart rate, uh, physically, do you just feel really good about what you did? Or do you feel like some kind of like a heartache, you know, because you kind of felt like um, like what you did, you know, kind of um, was kind of hurtful in that way. So it's that's kind of what the threefold law, again, my tradition. Um, but I also believe to some degree the, the other threefold law too. But, you know, just depends on the person. There's so many ways to practice it. It blows my mind. I learn different stuff all the time about it. Even in my, the coven that I follow, there's so many different mm-hmm. there that follow different traditions and do different things. Do you have a favorite holiday? A favorite? Holy. Oh, I do. I do have a favorite one. So my favorite one, um, well, I have two favorites. I'm a little biased. Um, so one of uh, my favorite one is Beltane um, because I am, I was born not too long after uh, Beltane, you know, in early May. And that holiday is like the peak of spring. You can go outside right now. It is lush. It is green. There's flowers. The birds are like, yay, I'm out here. Um, (laughs) I'm starting to see more deer out now. Um, So Beltane is like that. You get a lot of energy because a lot of people are really starting to get and go. And I just love that energy. Um, And then my second favorite is Maybon. Or the vernal equinox, or you know, the beginning of um, the beginning of the fall, and you know, equal day, equal night, you know, the balance there. And I love this because, first of all, it was the original Thanksgiving. I don't care what anybody says. Roosevelt could have moved that at any other time, but that is the original Thanksgiving. Um, and you kind of get to sit back and reflect of. I did all of this up until this point, like all the stuff that you may have planned to do, you may have actually done it or had to revise it and then you still were able to do it. You get to kind of like reflect back on the journey of, mm-hmm. of what you've done. And it's always been such a powerful time of year for me. I love that. So that's like my two favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so Lady Sayani, what does that even mean? Sayani. Oh, my, my name, I, this is a name that I reflected in and, and thought about, uh, it is a hybrid of two goddesses, um, and a little bit of, uh, background with me is I am a earth sign, so I am a Taurus, and my moon sign, uh, is a Scorpio, so it's a water sign, and so that name is a reflection of that, of earth and water. And also growing up on an island um, had a lot to do with that too, because you're on land, but you're surrounded by water. 
Um, so the first half of my name, Se, is after a goddess called Sedna. And she is an Inuit water goddess that is the protector of the marine mammals and just marine life uh, in the Arctic. And she is what I almost call a water phoenix because her journey, the poor thing, her story is so terrible. Um, she gets kidnapped um, by a raven god. And then she tries to escape him. And of course, the, the stories vary that either A, she kills him, or B, knocks him unconscious. Either way, dude's out. And she runs away, but ends up, um, you know, coming back to her father. And of course, and, and most uh, civilizations, even way back when, were very patriarchal. And so he's like, why are you back here? You're supposed to be over there because we needed to appease him or he was going to decimate our village. And she's like, dad, take me back. This was a horrible relationship. And so he tries to push her, you know, out of, uh, out of his boat and she's holding on for dear life. And so again, this gets horrible. <laughs> he takes an ax and chops off her fingers to get her to let go of the boat. But her fingers turn into the wildlife we see now, like the whales, the dolphins, the walruses, the seals. And then she herself becomes a goddess. Uh, and a very, very strong one at that, because till this day, the the tribes people of uh, the, the Inuits, when they go and fish in her waters, they have to give her offerings in order for them to be able to fish, in order for them to be able to have a, a safe passage to get back home, because the waters there are very unpredictable. So... Uh, so she's very well respected. And I was like, man, to be able to turn that kind of, you know, to basically be someone who is helpless to one that is a very strong uh, feminine force, love it. I wanted that. I wanted that energy. And the other half of my name is almost like the opposite. It is a, it's a Hindu goddess named uh, Avanyani. And she is a very quiet forest goddess that protects uh, the woods and the animals within it. And she's one that's, again, she's very silent, but the way that you can hear her and know that she's around is that when she walks, you hear little bells because she actually has a inklet of bells. And that's the way she lets you know that she is, you know, around the area so that way she doesn't just sneak up on you and scare the bejesus out of you um but she's like the very quiet reserve she's not practiced a lot uh in the the hindu religion but she is acknowledged and i wanted to harness in that silence so that way i can kind of reflect in my own thoughts in some ways or you know um kind of reflect on what i do as a person and so i wanted a bit of that so that's where Sayane comes from. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of like the silent observer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long did it take you to earn your name? Uh, let's see. Um, so the first six months is our little baby group. Um, no, sorry. Is it six months? Yeah. So we go through a set of classes, and then I had my dedication, and that's where my name came from. Um, 
and then I've kept that name and it's a name that I am well known in in the pagan community when I go to different events I address myself with uh with that name um the lady came from when I got my third degree which was a journey in its own right um a lot of hiccups you know, especially in mundane life when life kind of takes over and you just go on autopilot versus you going through life yourself. And, um, and so when I got my third degree, that's where my title came from. Hmm. So it's kind of like earning the doctor when you get your doctorate. I got you. Is it kind of like, you know, in the Christian church, they have pastors. It's when like they... reverend and all that. Yeah. Right. So my mm-hmm. other, other question I thought of is for so long, we thought you were Christian, your family's heavily into the church. I remember going to church with you when I was younger. Yes. Yeah. So I was trying to create the same environment that I left. So that way I had some sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized, you know, this is not me. This feels this, I feel, I felt like I should, I'm not saying that the church I was going to was bad. It was, you know, great people. Um, but I just felt that it wasn't for me because I was trying to conform right. into something where I could be more accepted. And then I realized I lived my entire life not caring if I was accepted or not. <laughs> Why am I trying to do it now when I move out on my own? Like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, and and so that was that period of time where I was not, I wouldn't say I was miserable, but I could definitely tell I wasn't happy because I wasn't living the way that I wanted to be. Right. So wasn't fully who you were. Exactly. I think in general, it takes us time to come into who we are. So I could say mm-hmm. I'm a completely different person from when I was 20. Not like the core of me. I still think I am who I am, but you definitely mature and you get more comfortable with yourself as you get older mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely agree with that because you know as as they say as you get older and experience um experience things the, your world view uh changes and so therefore you could be more comfortable with uh yourself and it was one of those things where I can actually say I was grateful uh for the fact that my parents uh, our military. So I was actually able to experience life outside of the States and in the States, as well as living in four different States, um, you know, California, you know, in Chicago for a little bit in Louisiana and Georgia, it kind of made me into a very well-rounded individual to where I can, um, make judgment based on my own personal experiences. And I will say in Hawaii was, and I should have, I didn't think about it until I want to say probably during my, between my second and third degree that I was actually introduced into polytheistic religion in Hawaii because the native Hawaiians are not, a lot of them are Christian. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them still practice a lot of the stuff that they're and or they're starting to now go back into the practice that their ancestors did. Um, and so I was in school. They actually taught you the different gods of Hawaii. I, re- I still remember that till this day. There's a lot of stories behind it. And that's because that's a part of their history. 
And yeah, it was it was interesting. It's reflecting on things now going on 37 next Thursday. I believe it's next Thursday. It is next Thursday. Just how just thinking back, like, why didn't I notice this earlier? <laughs> it all takes time. I swear. I didn't realize I didn't start paying attention to anything until about two years ago when I was like, what is wrong with me when I came into who I am and not mm-hmm. caring about what anyone thought anymore? It takes time. It does. I think we all go through that in our life. Mm -hmm. I like to call it a cosmic realization when you just realize how significant everything really is. And just, it's time to embrace the little moments. I, I, I I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but that was how it was for me. Just all of a sudden I realized my point, my purpose in this whole universe and it's so small and just to let go and it's been hard for me to do that but I'm trying it's you know it's, it's something we all kind of go through I don't know if that's mm-hmm. my perspective oh no I I can relate to that 100% I think a lot of people you know, that are on their own journey um, in their own life kind of feel that way too that when they finally have that aha moment then they start feeling guilty uh, to themselves. Like, why didn't I realize this sooner? (laughs) And you can't do that to yourself. That's exactly what I've been going through. Um, Because I feel like I went through my kind of metamorphosis at a very late age. I was clueless growing up in in my early 20s. And I don't think I really opened when maybe I was like 25, 26 years old. So I'm still living with just anxiety because of it. And I, you know, I just to speak on, I don't think that's our fault because we did not have a good childhood and it takes us time because like, I didn't have any hobbies growing up. I was very depressed. So I, as I got older and got away from all of it, then we were able to discover who we are and begin to love ourselves. But we had to, we had to figure out who we were instead of being able to do it when we were younger, we had to do it when we were older. So that's not fair to put that on us. It's just unfortunately left to us to figure it out though. I, I definitely agree to that. Cause sometimes you want you, you have to get away from the environment to realize that the world that you're in isn't in relation to where you were. You have to be away from it and experience it life outside of it definitely. in order to really understand how things are and I just heard thunder we're not supposed to have rain what up Georgia what are you doing (laughs) sorry Uh, (laughs) but yeah you experience everybody experiences life at different timelines you when what you learn somebody else may learn five to ten years and uh, later and you both would be the same age like everybody is different and you know and and their everybody's timelines are different not everybody gets married at the same age not everybody has kids at the same age not everybody buys a house at the same age if they're able to buy a house um when it comes to faith not a lot of people really are can embrace their their spiritual path until you know at at, at different times so it everybody's life is different and i think that's the most beautiful part about being an uh, a human being because we are spiritual creatures having a human experience. I like that. 
Well, you, you saying that, that's so crazy because my saying that I like to go is that um, that we are the planets and the stars and the luminaires trying to experience themselves. So that's kind of um, neat that you said that because that's my interpretation of the universe and ourselves is that we connect to them. Mm-hmm. We, we are do. all connected. I do have one last question for you. Sure. Unless Lampro would like to elaborate. I wanted to know what is the most annoying stigma that people bring to your attention when they find out that you're Wiccan? Taboo thing. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. It's usually the, the first thing of these sacrifice things. That's usually the first thing is sacrificing. Um, my my fiance, uh, he always says, that, well, while you're busy at your Harry Potter meetings, I'm like, oh, my God, I hate you, but I love oh you. Um, and then there's another one where he goes with the, uh, uh, when he's talking to his friends, like, yeah, right now she's out sacrificing somebody's firstborn today. Oh and God. I'm like, seriously, dude, like, really? Are we really going to go there right now? Um, and so, yeah, it's usually one sacrificing uh, Two, another one I get is, oh, do you put curses on people like no, I'm, I don't lead that life. I'm not about that life. Uh, <laughs> um, especially when I know what happens when you do that. But um, as, a, as a saying that a lot of witches say, uh, harm none, but take no shit. I live by that. So, uh, you know, if anybody were to try and harm me in any shape, way or form, I have a right to defend myself as I see fit. And if there's any consequences for that, I will gr- gladly accept it. So, um, again, my faith is all about personal responsibility. (laughs) I like that. I love that. Is there anything you guys would like to add before we close out for today? Um, I think I'm, I think I get it. I think I get the whole concept. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can always bother her and I would love for you to come back. This was amazing. I had a great time. Um, I hope everyone comes back to Witch's Space. Join us next time. We will be having an interview with someone else. So we can't wait to see you there.